You are listening to Travel for a Loop, a storyteller's podcast where me, your host, Ryan Bedell, listens to a story about traveling from a special guest. There we go. Got it that time. The story can be funny, sad, enlightening, outrageous, about human connection or any other combination of things. But all the stories are real experiences from real people. I have absolutely no idea what's coming, so I'll be just as surprised as you are. We are returning after a several-month-long hiatus uh, to bring you episodes from quarantine in hopes that uh, we can all think back on some of the good times traveling and get excited for those to come. Uh, If you're listening and know someone who may want to advertise on the podcast, it's not a a very good thing to pitch when I'm throwing out episodes once a month, but here here hoping that we can, can get this going again on a more regular basis. So if you know anyone who may want to advertise, it's a good uh, kick in the ass for me to start doing it more regularly as well. Um, I want to thank the band Varsity for allowing me to use their song Circa 2002 as the theme song for the podcast. I'm your host, uh, Ryan Bedell, based in Brooklyn, New York, coming to you from my bedroom. Uh, This is episode number 20, and today we've got Mitchell Catalano on the line from Chicago. Mitch is a wanderer by nature, originally from the uh, Chicagoland area. He studied anthropology and sociology during his undergrad and first traveled outside of the country for a study abroad experience in Rome, Italy, one where we happen to be together, I might add. Um, mm-hmm. After graduation in 2013, he moved back to Rome officially for two years, then traveled to Seattle. There, he spent two years obtaining a graduate degree in higher education administration. He's been back in Chicago since. And your email had a little typo here. I assumed it was 2017. Is since 2017 correct? Sure, I think so. Time and space doesn't make sense anymore, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Very fair. (laughs) Um, Since 2017, we'll say, if not some other year. Um, And married his longtime partner, Katie, in 2018. Uh, he works as an assistant director at the University of Chicago, and he loves donuts. Mitch, thank you so much for coming on the show. How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right, Ryan. It's my pleasure. Um, I feel like extra super important that I'm the first on the show since, I don't know, the beginning of the year. Yeah, the first you know? uh, first quarantine guest. You should feel pretty special. I'm, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that <laughs> accolade. Um, and run with it. It's so. yours forever. It's not going to anyone else. So, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> hey, all right, all right. Um, I'm excited, excited, excited to be on the show. No, I'm excited to have you. It's it's funny because I've had a whole host of of people on here that I've had um, like interactions with traveling. Mikey and I have traveled. Uh, Mike yeah. Lemko and I have traveled. A, a bunch yeah. of different people, but. You and I really have very um, sort of similar life trajectories as it's gone so far. So I feel like from a very selfish standpoint, it would be interesting for me to hear from a good friend, but also someone who's got a lot of the same things that that I do going on. So Yeah, man. Yeah. You can just do the whole thing in Italian if you want. It might be easier. Oh, it could be easier. It could be much (laughs) harder depending on how difficult the the conversation becomes. Yeah, a little rusty right now, admittedly. Admittedly. Yeah, same here. But uh, I don't, I don't want to waste any time. You're not a man that likes to, uh, to dawdle for too long, and I know that you're also mm-hmm. a man who is a deep, deep thinker. So I'm going to hit you right, ah. right from the get-go All right. with, uh, with something deep. So, Love it. Um, for starters, uh, what would you say, in your opinion, is the biggest difference between being a traveler and an expat? That's a very good question. Um, you know, I think it pinges on and conversation about identity, right? So for me, someone who travels is someone who 
enjoys the act of doing so, goes to visit places, takes in the experiences, takes in the culture, you know, saves it as a memory for themselves, uh, shares it with others so others can experience it, you know, in a you know a third party sort of way. And that's a traveler to me. That's the identity of a traveler. An expat is somebody who takes it a step further, in my opinion, right? So I think an expat has is a person who has such a, or has not a great, but let's say a very good understanding of what it is to be a citizen in the country or the nation where they're coming from. And, you know, for, I guess for lack of a better way of saying it, it's not enough for them, or there's something they critique about it, or, or there's, there's just something else they need. And so instead of traveling, right, as the identity of the traveler went, they, they journey, in my opinion, right? They kind of they pick a destination, and if that destination works out uh, for a longer period of time, they stay there. They know that their citizenship is technically somewhere else in the world, but they're building on this identity of being a global citizen and embracing the idea that being an expat is okay, you know, because being an expat in the context of uh, all the other people that are surrounding you, whatever country or nation you're in, you know, there's a lot of judgment that could be passed. There's a lot of stereotypes that can be passed on you or passed by you. Um, and being an expat, you accept that, right? You're staying in the place and experiencing that being an expat as a traveler, it doesn't affect you because you have an endpoint of what your trip is. You know, I'm going for a week, I'm going for two weeks, I'm back home. Um, so it's, it's, it's a different identity. It's a, it's a temporary identity versus kind of a more stable ongoing identity in my opinion and in my experience too. So, well, yeah, that was going to be my next question. I mean, you've worn both hats, right? You, you've been mm -hmm. an expat, you've been a traveler. Um, and to a certain degree up until what did we say? We decided on 2017, right? Uh, up, <laughs> up until 2017, I mean, you'd been doing the expat thing. I mean, if you... I consider Seattle a little bit of an expat journey for a, for a Chicago yeah. boy like you, but yeah, no, sure, for um, sure, man. I mean, you've been living away from home for for I don't know what three five years. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah, I think it was a total. You could total it up to five years until I moved back, uh, just about. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I embraced it, man. It, it was. Um, you know, I come from a very kind of tight knit family. And I was lucky enough that, you know, they were always encouraging me to, to branch out and do what I wanted to do. And, you know, thanks to traveling a lot with them within the country when I was a kid, having the, you know, the, the fortune to be able to do, not fortune, not monetary fortune, but being fortunate enough to do that yeah. uh, with them, you know, kind of gave me the bug. So when I became, you know, younger adult i was like well shit let's just do this let's see where it goes where yeah. it goes uh and yeah man i mean you know I've, I've felt a lot of love in my life in general but the love of beyond travel based on what i was describing before but the love of travel and the love of being in a different place and experiencing things and becoming a, a new person because of those experiences is uh it's become a really important part of who i am honestly yeah um, so yeah no doubt i mean it's interesting because on on the show before, I've talked about things like the monetary um, constraints to being both a traveler or an expat, talked about, yeah. um, have had people on the show of different racial identities who talk about the mm -hmm. barriers for different racial identities for traveling. Um, my second episode, I talked to um, 
to a 21-year-old woman, a model, who I, we're mm-hmm. talking about how it can be difficult to travel as a woman. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but one of the things that's never really come up before and it's just sort of stuck out of my mind was the degree of a support system you need to even make it possible. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I don't know that I would have been able to live abroad without the support system of people at home, but also the people on the ground who were there keeping me sane as you're sort of going into this new sort of this thing you've never done before. I don't know. Yeah, but no, for sure. For sure. And that's a really good conversation. And I'm glad you bring it up because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person who likes to be very reflective and, and not self-critical, but, but self-reflective. Yeah. And it's, it's for sure true, you know, to live the life that I have lived that, that, that period of time that I lived, let, just to name it, I am a straight white male with all the privileges that come with that. So it was easy there. I had the support system at home and more or less when I was over doing the stuff I was doing. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's really important to name that it's not the same for everybody. Yeah. And certainly. I, I think it, it said it, it I think it kind of makes the expat identity, if we talk about it in those terms again, it's kind of a privileged identity to be able to to take a hold of, you know? Yeah. I think anybody, more or less anybody, can travel, you know, whether it's two hours down the road or internationally or within the, within the country. Most people, of course, there's a lot of people who have a lot of different restraints, but the expat identity is... It's true. It's a very privileged life. Oh, yeah. It's a very privileged thing. I, mean, I, I feel like... Um, you know, you meet someone new, you go through sort of what you've done with your life. You give them your, I don't know, your, your 10 points about Mitch or about Ryan or whatever it is. And, um, every time I do that, I, I sort of do have that moment where I'm like, man, I've been really lucky. (laughs) Like I've done, and, and, you know, it was interesting. I, um, I was having this conversation relatively recently in the last couple Mm -hmm. months before quarantine. I don't know, but, um, sort of having this conversation and, Somebody's like, oh, no, you like you have to give yourself credit like you you got into school, you applied for that job. And like, it's true. Don't get me wrong, but you you can't discount all of the things that would have that I couldn't have done on my own to get there. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. But anyway, that's a a tangent. But (laughs) Um, what's something you maybe that you you hadn't thought of or you wish you would have considered even before you like became an expat before you moved mm. abroad and sort of took the leap to actually live in another place yeah uh that's a great question i think one of the main ones for me was um having the bravery to jump right out and connect with people uh, you know my path to becoming an expat was and you'll understand this because you've lived a similar experience to it, but it was, it was very uh, padded in a way, right? I, when I moved out to Italy, it was because I had a job and that job kind of gave me people around me, small number at that, but at least some folks. Um, and I kind of stayed to that bubble. I grew some relationships here and there, but they're always kind of connected back to the main entity that had me there. So I, I definitely think if I were to do it again, I would, you know, immediately branch out into different communities within the, this, the, you know, city or, or whatever, you know, let's go with city. It's an easier uh, yeah. piece. Um, you know, in the city that I'm living, um, you know, meet more locals, make more local relationships, because that's the way really to make an expat relationship and give, or, or make an expat relationship something. Hold on. Let me go back. 
that's the way that an expat then has the potential to become a true global citizen. I yeah. Think, right. You're actually building a life with people who are in that place that you're trying to, you know, embed yourself in. Um, so yeah, uh, def- having the bravery and kind of facing the fear of getting out there and just meeting more people, which for me is kind of interesting because I, I don't really have that fear in general, yeah. but you know, it's harder in a place that you don't know, you know, I mean, yeah. particularly, and I'm, I don't know if you would agree on this experience, but when we studied abroad together, I didn't feel like Italians wanted anything to do with me. And I think part of it is that they, they know you're there for a semester and then you're gone and mm-hmm. you're not there to learn. You're there to have a good time. They don't see you as someone who, who maybe respects the culture or, or wants to, to make a real connection with it. And I think when you, go back as an expat, at least for me, you mm-hmm. tell them, Oh, I'm, I'm on a year contract. And then I'm probably going to stick around for a second year. Like, um, right. it's, it's a little bit of a guard comes down because it's like, Oh, you've made a commitment to be here and to, mm-hmm. to try to respect the culture and the language too. I mean, when you start yeah. trying with the language, it makes, um, a world of difference. Even if you mess up, I think people just, people want, yeah. yeah. People think it's arrogant, to put it bluntly, that we show up and we think they're going to speak English. So when you make the right. the effort, I think it goes a long way. But Yeah, for sure. can only sure. try and drill that into a student's head so many times before they stop hearing Oof. it. And <laughs> No joke. It's hard enough to have them here at the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Like, I, think I, I think I wanted to learn the language. I just, as a student, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever I was, 20. Yeah. But I think also it feels more unattainable when you're studying it for some reason. Like when I, I would say when I, during my years of working in Italy, I would say I became very near fluent, whatever fluent means. But, um, but for some reason, when you're like, you're learning, I don't know, declensions and grammar and all this stuff, it just doesn't feel like you're ever going to get there. Like ever speak it for sure. That's so interesting too. Cause I think it definitely limits you. And I, I share that experience. And I remember recalling to myself, you know, coming out of the two years of living there, thinking, oh, I'm all right. You know, I'm, I do what I can. I can hold a conversation pretty well. But then I got back to the States. And it's only then after I was out of the experience, after like six months, where I was like, wait a minute, I was, I definitely had a level of fluency. Like yeah. I wasn't able to do the shit I was able to do with, you know, mumbo jumbo Italian skills. Totally. Right? I mean, you were yeah, doing things totally. that are not your every day. <laughs> you were, right. I don't know, booking buses or like talking right. to a police officer or something like doing exactly. things that take a level of skill for sure. Oh my God. The buses. I hated those fucking buses. Yeah. Oh. No kidding. Sorry to put uh, that back on your, uh... <laughs> no, it's all right. It's okay. It's, there's a fun story there. And it's something I had actually used my Italian language skills for anyway. One, one last, uh, <laughs> thing before we segue into your story your italian was pretty good as a student if i recall because i remember at the very end of our semester me you matt and i can't remember if maybe jim deluca somebody else we're in bolzano and you were going down to see your italian family and we were in the hostel room and you were like oh man i'm gonna call them right now but like Mm -hmm. i gotta be able to speak italian to them i don't know how it's gonna go and you did just fine and then you went down and saw your family I think yeah. I saw you at dinner like a week later and <laughs> you were doing great. Yeah, it's true. No, it's true. It was, uh, even then it, it, it was the same situation. I thought I was a lot worse than it really was. Cause I, I had no good metric for it. You know what I mean? Fair. And I was too critical about it, but you're right. You know, it was, it's, uh, even then it was already, 
decent enough that you could get around, you yeah. know. And you got the that, job in Italy, so. That's also true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's also true. Indeed. All right, Mitchell, you got a story for us? I got a story for you, sure. Um, well, let me, let me give you a snippet since we were just referring to the one story. Sure. Because I think it might be funny. You can give and us multiple you- stories, too, if you want. You just talk, all, talk however long you want. We got no format here. This is, well, fantastic. So the snippet of story um, is when I was working in Rome and we were working with students. It was a, for folks listening, we worked at a study abroad campus where American students were studying in Rome. And I'm sure a lot of people already know that uh, based on your podcast. But in any case, <laughs> when I worked there, um, uh, so there's a banquet, right? You know this. There's a banquet at the end of every semester. So folks, there's this big soiree. It's really great. And so we got to order the buses to get people to the place that's on the other side of the city. And I'm in charge of this. And I order the buses. Everything's fine when I order it. And then on the day, the bus company didn't process my order, like even from the beginning. So I'm supposed to have buses arriving in like an hour. They're nowhere to be found. So we're talking about these language skills that I didn't think I had. I'm on the phone with you know, Italians, straight up Italians, right? <laughs> Just like you would be doing in America, you may be being, um, you know, stern with someone you need customer service from. I'm just rattling it off. I don't even know what I'm saying, <laughs> but it's connecting. And they're there. And then they're coming back at me and they're chipping and they're chipping away. Cause that's what Italians do. And I just get so irate and I start freaking people out around me. They're like, what the hell is well, I can't picture Never- you angry at all. <laughs> No, it it takes a lot. And this time it it was just, and it was in a different language. So if you, if you know me and you know that I don't get angry very often, so you see me angry and in a different language, this is like seeing ET in real life, basically. (laughs) And so my coworker was like, what the, what are you even saying? Are you, are you, are you speaking Roman notch? And also what's going on? And I was just fuming fuming for like hours we got the bus there finally and everything went okay um and it was it was a weird weird experience man I, well at I least they were able to get the bus for you well yeah i mean i think i basically told every single person to fuck off and finally, <laughs> finally did it, so. i mean by the end realistically you probably could have gotten all the students in cabs it just wouldn't have been a uh wouldn't oh, right. have been ideal <laughs> no no of course not. Yeah, uh, but anyway, that's that's a short little snippet. So. I love it. Uh, brings me um, brings me back to the old days, you know. I know, right? It's wild, 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 wild. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so the the other story I was thinking about telling uh, is the first time I traveled uh, abroad by myself entirely. Right. So this was also during the time that I was living. Um, and I decided because I had to stick around for some holiday, I think it was, it was around Christmas sometime, uh, that I was going to not just sit around and be by myself on campus. Uh, and I was going to go visit a place I've always wanted to go. And so I booked a trip for five days without really even thinking about it, uh, to Prague. Now, if people know anything about Prague, this is not really a place you go by yourself. It's much more, I assume it's much more fun with people. Uh, and really, it's not the best place in retrospect to go when you don't know anybody there. Uh, oh, you, you know, mean you, you don't speak Czech? 
Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think I maybe learned hello by the end of it or some shit. I know one word in Czech, Dobry Den means good morning. And I don't know why I know that, but I know that. that that's actually, <laughs> that's the one that I remember that I learned. That was the only one I remember anymore. So thank you for that memory. Now of course. I remember it for that. That's what I'm here for. There you go. Um, so anyway, I decided to do this thing. And I'm like, well, where am I going to stay? I don't, I don't have any idea. And I had a friend who had studied abroad when I studied abroad in Prague and met somebody and don't know what the hell was going on in my mind at the time, but she's like, Oh, I know this guy. And he studied with me and he's a nice guy and he lives with Czech people now or something. And I think he'd like, let you stay there. Um, and I'm like, sure. Great. I don't have to pay for that. So sweet. I'll do that. Being open-minded. Yeah. Which is good. Which is good. Um, you know, so, but the setup of the thing is here I am going to the Czech Republic again, a place where you probably don't want to go by yourself. Exactly. You're going to a place, uh, you're going to stay at a place where you don't know this person, you know, somebody who knows this person. It's probably better to just get a fucking Airbnb or, a, you know, a hostel for 10 months. You never know. But, you know, you want to save the money for whatever stupid yeah. reason. Um, so and you don't have a plan. You're just going to go there. That's, that's, that's also the thing. You don't know what you want to see, really. You're just going to go. So I do this. <laughs> and, um, of course, I have an Italian cell phone. So uh, that doesn't work in, in, in Prague. So I have to go get a phone and then find a way to get in touch with this dude who I'm staying with without the phone that I first contacted him with. So that was a whole thing. And I'm walking around with nowhere to go. I'm sitting in the middle of a mall, just some Czech mall, which, by the way, <laughs> looks very much like an American mall. I think all malls look the same. Good to know. That's an aside for later. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sitting in this mall trying to get something uh, to work so I can get in touch with this guy. I finally, I think I get Facebook downloaded on some, on this little friggin', you know, whatever. Flip I phone. <laughs> whatever it was, yeah. And uh, I finally get in touch with him. Oh, we got to do this. And I'm like, okay, so I got to go to this place. It gives me directions. I don't know where the fuck I am. Yeah, of I got out of a train station. There was a mall like down the street. So I went there. I don't know where, <laughs> what direction. I can't speak Czech. I can't, I don't have any Slovak language in my repertoire at all. So I can't ask people. Um, so I'm just at this point kind of looking across all the stores and looking around. This is terrible, but I'm, does that person speak English? I don't know. How about that one? Maybe. <laughs> trying to feel it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to like draft the best English speaker around me so I can get help with directions. When in doubt, find the McDonald's Mitchell. You know, you would have thought that I would have thought of that, but I was already in this streamlined kind of anxious. Yeah. Like, you're already out of it. Get, I'm like, I'm done. I'm, I'm on this street. This is where I am. This is how I'm going. So uh, I find someone who's like broken English and that was good enough. And they, they're actually able to, around so i get to this guy's house it's up like five flights of steps he doesn't come down to meet me so that's weird and then i come up and he's there and he's just like what's up dude and i'm like oh um, <laughs> hey man hey i made it i'm the i am here this is cool and it's uh, i mean it's not a terrible place but it's you know it's a little grungy or whatever yeah. and it's uh got character. yeah it had character which is good actually it's not a bad thing at all <laughs> um, he's like, here's the couch you're going to sleep on. Here's some blankets. Um, I'm like, okay, great. Um, and then he's like, I'm going to go do this 
shit that I got to do. So I'll see you later. I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Now remember, I don't have a plan. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I am very freshly new to directions in Prague. <laughs> Not in general, so, just, just in Prague. Just in Prague, but also in general. But again, another aside <laughs> that's, that's funny as well. So basically what happens is for five, remember five days, I've decided to do this for five days. Yeah. Five days, I just walk around. Just walk around. I had bought I had bought shoes like two weeks before that, and just completely wore them out because I'm just walking around. I got yeah. no idea what. To do. And every single day, I ended up in the same square with the same Chris Kindle market. Of course, that's not what it's called, but they're you know yeah. the Christmas market. Their version. Exactly. Um, and every night ended with me finding a bar where there was Pilsner because that's the only thing I knew about the Czech Republic was that they made good Pilsner and Prague was there. And that's what I did. That was the whole experience. <laughs> and uh, it was fun. It was a good time. You know, I mean, I learned a lot about myself because I got to sit with myself and really take myself in, in an environment that is kind of discomforting because I've never been there. Yeah. Um, good for and you. that was pretty, yeah, it was pretty rewarding. And, you know, I, I one of the things I learned is that I probably shouldn't travel by myself uh, for many reasons. Um, but, you know, it was good to have the experience. And I remember talking about it to folks when I got back and they're like, I thought you like knew people when you were saying that you were going to go to this place. You didn't like know anybody. And I was like, no. And they were like, but like, so what did you do? I was like, I, I just walked. And they're like, what do you mean you walked? I was like, no, like I, I walked, you know, like, like Jesus had his walk to the cross kind of a thing that was me in Prague and they're like oh cool good that's great good trip good man you. yeah <laughs> so uh yeah it was um it was a wild time and uh, it, you know one of those experiences I never forget because it was more than just the traveling piece it was like a like an identity piece for me totally just sitting with myself in a place that's completely unknown to me and just learning about the things I can do well, the things I can't do well, things that make me comfortable, things that make me uncomfortable. Um, yeah, and it was cool, man. It was a cool time. Yeah, man. The, so- the solo traveling is good for, for the reflection, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Something that, that I was sort of chuckling inside to myself as you were, were talking was, um, it seems so uniquely American to me to not know what to do with free time. <laughs> Right? Like you just have, you got nothing to do. And it's just like, oh my God, what do I do with myself? And it's because right. I, I think it's because productivity is just drilled into us. Like oh, if yeah. you're not working, if you're not doing something like you're doing it wrong, but right. it's a nice reset and you can obviously do it outside of traveling, but there's just something yeah. so refreshing about like a solo trip where mm-hmm. you get to sort of be confronted with free time. <laughs> For sure. No, that's true, man. It's, it's kind of like the question of, you have freedom. Now what do you do with it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely learned that that trip. I was like, oh, I could I could go with some with less freedom. I think that yeah. could be okay. Like just a little less. I don't maybe I would have a better idea of what I would want to do with myself. Fair. No, I mean it's not something I would want to do every time I traveled, I don't think. But I, I've no. been on a few good solo trips that I, I've enjoyed quite a bit. And it's nice. it's for the same reason. It's it's because you get mm-hmm. some reflection, you get some time. Um I don't know. I mean it's weird because you'd think if you were if you were not didn't have anything to do with yourself, you'd just be sitting there scrolling through your phone. But I, I didn't spend a lot mm-hmm. of time on my phone. I just sort of walked no. and appreciated, wrote, 
I don't know, just like did things that I, you don't normally do. Yeah, but for sure. Do you remember any of the uh, the beers that you had? No, because I had too many of them, <laughs> to be frank. Fair. I know they tasted very good, and I also had a lot of goulash. That's the way. I felt like I was being a Czech. Probably not what Czechs do, but I felt like that's what they do. So. You know, the coolest <laughs> thing I did in Prague involved beer, and it's been uh, – Mike Steenspock would probably be able to give you a better account than I can, uh-huh. but – we went together, and we went to this monastery. I think it was called St. Nicholas's Monastery. Did you make it there by any chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went there, yeah. Yeah, they've been, like, brewing their own beer for 400 yeah. years or something like that, and it's a bunch of monks. Mm-hmm. That was a yeah. cool little spot. That was my favorite part. Also, we were there during the World Cup. I know you had a couple of uh, European Ooh. World Cup experiences, didn't you? I think so. Uh, mostly watching Italy lose. I was with uh, you. We sat on the banks of the Tiber. Why was I there? It was with Mikey. Oh. We came through, and you were in SLA, and we sat uh, on the river and watched the game. You remember that? I do. That was the same time that Mikey and I met the guy who was talking about his brother who weighed four stone at the, the Steelers bar. Oh, Wasn't my it? God. Uh, Stoke Stoke City guy? Yeah. Stoke City guy. Oh, <laughs> Mikey. That guy was amazing. Mikey still brings that guy up. He's like, oh, I'm from Stoke City. Oh, like, Mikey will just randomly bust out with that. That was a that's a great that's a great little anecdote, man. That that guy was nuts. I haven't thought about that in God. I don't even know how long. But Italy I mean, did get crushed that night. I remember that much. They did. They did. They did. And then in the next year they got crushed as well in yeah. like the first round. Well they won in they, what? Oh six? Not the first year. They won in 06. And then they got crushed when we were together. And I don't think it was World Cup. I think it was um Euro Cup. Yeah, I think it was Euro Cup the two years afterwards. That would make sense. Cup, right? Yeah. yeah. And they got I, crushed in, like, the first round. I just remember I was in – we were in Prague when Germany was playing the U.S. And I want to say we tied oh, them, maybe. Yeah, I think so. It was that like a right. – I'm pretty sure we upset them one way or another. I think we tied them. Which, it was an early round, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, it was a group stage for sure. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm off on a serious tangent now, but nonetheless. <laughs> hey, it's all good. This is what I do, Mitch. I get people on. We start with a story, and somehow we uh-huh. end up in left field. I love left field. Actually, I prefer right field, to be honest. But, you know, left field's good, too. Fair. Fair. You get less uh, action in right field, don't you? That's the point. Okay. <laughs> I don't have to be relied upon as much. It's great. I can't remember what the quote is. There, uh, I think it's uh, it was a movie about the Cubs, so you're gonna know this. And I can't remember which movie sure. it was. Maybe Rookie of the Year. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, he's like, what are you thinking about when you go out mm-hmm. to the field? And he's like, I'm just sitting there praying the ball doesn't get hit to me. And exactly, he's like, no, really, what are you thinking about? And the guy's like, I'm sitting there praying the ball doesn't get hit to me. <laughs> That is Rookie of the Year, and that is a great film. Yeah. Is it Rookie of the Year? Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think it's because the rookie is the other one with Dennis Rookie's Quaid. Rookie's Dennis Quaid, yeah. Yeah, Rookie Which of the Year. Which is also a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just have like a, a top five baseball movies conversation right now? Is that what we're doing? Sure, sure. I feel like it's – I can't think of any recent baseball movies I like. Like Moneyball was fine, but it didn't like yeah. – it didn't – didn't scratch the itch, you know? Nah, for sure. Angels in the Outfield scratches the itch for me. Yep. Sandlot's one of my favorites. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I think lower on the list, but still there. What is it? Major Major League, right? Yeah. Is that Charlie, yeah. Charlie Sheen? A League of Their Own. 
It's a great one. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one too. Yeah, those are those are those are those are the solid ones, man. Those yeah. are the solid ones. Not where I thought this was going, but I'm glad we're there. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, a world without sports, we might as well talk about sports a little bit at least. Yeah. Well, for those who want it. I've got um so I don't know if you've ever listened uh before no pressure don't doesn't matter if you ever haven't but you would uh-huh. know if you had uh-huh. that there's usually a big question at the end where but oh, I, I have a a second big question that is a quarantine big question that I want to throw oh, in. Damn. Let's um, go. I'm ready. So first of two big questions. Um okay. How you feeling? Talk to me about quarantine. Talk to me about mm. how it's been, what you've done, where where you're at. Um Sure. That sort of thing. Just, just tell yeah. me what's on your mind, you know, if you're comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, so for context, I'm a very extroverted person, and this I draw a lot of my life energy from being with people. So when this first all came down, when the hammer dropped, I was like, ah, fuck, I'm screwed. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to have a mental breakdown uh, or something terrible. That was just catastrophizing, of course, because everybody was catastrophizing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with that in the rearview mirror, what I can say is actually it's been okay. It's not been too bad. I am kind of digging the life of, you know, not having to leave the house all that much, which I guess is kind of worrisome because I don't want to be a hermit But <laughs> after this. But, you know, it's, it's not bad. Well, you're there um, with your loving wife. That helps. That was exactly what I was going to say next. I'm also very fortunate that I don't live alone and I live with someone who I'm married to, um, which, you know, is super uh, helpful and supportive. Yeah. Um, so, so in general, it's, go, it's going pretty well and much better than I would have expected. Um, it's been an interesting time to try to, to manage relationships with my parents who are boomers and yeah. they're like, but why can't we just be six feet apart all of the time wearing masks? I'm like, well... Theoretically, we could, but practically, this is not a good idea. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been weird. It's kind of like parenting your parents. Yeah. Anyway, um, but it's going all right. It's going all right. The, the working remotely has been fine as well. It's, it's a little bit of a drag because you know, I work in, in student affairs, as was mentioned. So I, I, you know, I don't get to see students. Yeah. And that's why you're in it. Comes from. Exactly. And so there's not a, there's not a whole lot of motivation past, you know, the making sure the nine to five gets clocked and things get done, which is fine. But you know, that's for me, that's no way to really live a work life. Uh, Yeah. We've been having that conversation as well. You know, like it's, it's tough to, um, it's tough to complain because I have a job and, uh, and I I do have work to do, which is good. It's just, yeah, I feel, feel like a, uh, a choosing beggar, you know, like I'm like, Oh, like, uh, this isn't what I want for a job right now. It sucks. I'm on zoom calls all day and I don't see yeah. any students, but like at the same time, right. I, I try to remind myself that I'm going to get my paycheck at the end of the month. I'm going to be able to buy groceries. I'm going to, I'm doing better than a, a, a whole lot of people right now. So yeah, for sure. But it's for a tough sure. spot to be in for sure. Yeah, man. No, it's true. And I try to think about it uh, in a respect of like, what, if, what would, what is this like for a person who's, who doesn't have the kind of life that I have, you know, less support than I have. And, yeah. you know, cause I'm very fortunate with that. I have many, many friends and we get together all the time on zoom. And even if it's zoom, Ooh, it's still worth it. This guy, so many friends. <laughs> I got friends. Um, all right. Anyway. Oh, there she is. 
Hey, that's Katie hey, Bell. Katie Bell. She says we're fucking nerds, but it's it's true. We are. She's not wrong. <laughs> it's true. Um, anyway, give me a quarantine high and low if you can come up with it. Quarantine high and low, sure, man. Uh, quarantine low, uh, right when it all started. Um, it was it related to work. It was just uh, a generally stressful time. It made it more stressful. And then yeah. not having my normal kind of routes of checking in with people who work around me or like getting out to check in with other people um, was, uh, you know, tough just to get through it. Um, super stressed out, super anxious for the first week and a half or so of it. Um, but settled down. As I knew it was going to, but of course, in the moment, I was just, you know, having anxiety moments. Yeah, of course. Um, so it was a rough transition into it. But, uh, you know, uh, after that, it worked out all right. And here we are now. And so that's the low. And I think the high, you know, in a weird way, it's helped me connect to my neighborhood better even. I was already doing it. Right? And I'm a big believer in being an active community member in your, in your neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and as much as I can now, because of how it's affecting other people, I think I get a lot of highs, which accumulates to the, 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 the quarantine high of when I get outside for even like a short walk or something, and I'm able to strike up a conversation for two, three minutes with a neighbor from a safe distance <laughs> of with course. masks on. Um, or, you know, uh, making sure on a weekly basis that I'm investing in some sort of a business that's in the neighborhood. Most times it's food, but you know, whatever it's, it's, it's meaningful. Um, and it's been nice to remember, like, that's important and like continue to do that even after quarantine, because you got to take place, take care of the place that you live, you know, it's because uh, it'll take care of you. Indeed. Which kind of connects to the whole idea of traveling expat, all that bullshit. So indeed, you brought it full circle. Look at you go. Not not meaning to, but you know, <laughs> that's what happens. It just happens. It's true. It's uh, true. All right. Well, the the normal um, question then is mm. open ended. Um, okay. So you've got the mic. You've got all five listeners that listen to this podcast. What's Hello, something? five listeners. Thank you. Thank you. They're they're gracious, great people. Sure, they um, are. What uh, what is something you want to say to mm. the people? Um, it can be anything you want to say. You've got the mic, okay. Um, but you got to get it off your chest. You know what do you want to say? Sure. Um, you know, when I get a platform of any kind, usually my first go to is to talk about caring for one another, and I think particularly now, uh, that seems uh, appropriate. There's a lot of divisiveness and division and frankly, a lot of hatred just going around right now. And, you know, I respect that different people come from different viewpoints and I'm not going to try to argue you over to one or the other, but the thing that connects us as human beings is the fact that we are human beings and we have emotional intelligence, you know, whether you want to use that or not. And we have developed ourselves as human beings to feel things, to create that world that you see around you. I'm not talking about the physical world. I'm talking about the people around you, the bill, all that shit. You don't have that unless, you know, the animal world doesn't really have that. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So just dig deep 
even if it's uncomfortable, especially when it's uncomfortable, and figure out what it is that you care most about when it comes to other human beings. And if you can't find something, dig deeper, <laughs> just deep, deep, deep. And if you really can't find something, talk to then, me. Yeah, talk to me <laughs> or, you know, talk to whatever the thing is that's not a human that you believe in, even, you know, whatever it is, and figure out why it is that thing that you relate to and not caring for another human. Just on a general level, not specifically, I'm not talking about going out and touch everybody, you know, and invade people's personal space. Just know that we're all humans in this world and every single human deserves love and respect. Well said, my friend. Well said. Thank you. Well, um, if you don't have anything else you want to say while you got the mic, um, I think we can call it. I don't think that I do. Okay. Okay. Well, you Uh-oh. want me to close with a story? Because I have one more story. Oh, that hell yeah. Come on, throw it in there. This is it. This is the end. This is the conclusion. <laughs> this is the story. Okay. So, once upon a time, yep. when I was studying abroad, I decided, because I'm Sicilian, that I wanted to go visit the home place, the home place, the hometown of my family. Yes. Called Monte Maggiore. For those people who don't speak yeah, Italian. Monte Maggiore. Probably figure it out, but it literally just means the first first hill or major hill or it's a big old mountain big, you know the big hill right yeah exactly so i go down to sicily with a friend and it's relatable to the story i told before because i went down with not a lot of idea of what i was going to do when i got there yeah. other than get to this place yeah so we get on a train because reasonably a train will take you to somewhere near the main town of where you want to get to right yeah this is an american way of thinking always <laughs> challenge your thinking um and so we go on the train. We go to Monte Maggiore, and we get off at the station. There's a big mountain. It's big. Oh, there's a lot of big mountains. Yeah. A lot of big hills. Many big hills. Mm-hmm. One road leading up into the hills. Okay. From the train station, small train station, two cars, no people. Okay. Right. Okay. Completely cloudy day as well. It's about to rain. I can see it. We have, we have one umbrella between the two. <laughs> Cuddling. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, we're looking. We're like, okay, well. This is a train station. It's not even a train station. It's like a depot. There's no one here. This is not a town. Where's the town? <laughs> we'll kind of look around, and the sign points that way. That's it. Just that way. Okay. Okay, great. So we take the, the, the road. I assume that's less traveled because, uh, you know, there's no people around. And we're walking. And we're walking. And we're walking. In the rain. And it, not yet in the rain, but okay. it gets there. Um. We, along the way, learned that we have gone two kilometers and we have to go another six to get to the city. And this is winding roads in the hills. And we're like, well, I guess we got to do this. So we keep walking, we keep walking. We run into an Italian coming down the hill in a car. And they see two American white boys (laughs) and they're like, what the hell is this? So they get out of their car and start screaming Sicilian at us. I, I am just in beginner's Italian, more or less, at this point. So I have no idea what this person is saying. <laughs> and I'm trying to take the moment to say, can you drive us up the hill? But I don't even know how to say that. Yeah. In Italian or in whatever unbeknownst language yeah. this person is speaking. 16th century Sicilian or whatever this guy's on. Exactly. Exactly. There was a moment in the conversation where it looked like he was trying to usher us in the car, making hand gestures. That was wrong. He just got in his car and drove away. <laughs> and so... <laughs> 
And so <laughs> no information was exchanged at all. Zero. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so we finally do make it to the town. Finally, right? And as we make it there, it's like very serene sort of thing. The the clouds kind of have broke. The the sun has come out. This is not exaggerated. This is actually happening mm-hmm. in real life. And we're like, oh great. Oh, this is gonna be good. We gotta get some food. I'm so hungry. There's gotta be a place that we'll get food. We get into the town. This is the most provincial, you know, like beauty in the beast provincial, the most provincial town you've ever seen in your life. I mean, there is one, two, three houses, nothing. <laughs> one, two, three, four, more houses, nothing. No cafe, one tiny little grocery store. Can't even find a sign that says Ristorante, nothing <laughs> at all. We find one that says uh, Taverna, which is another thing for restaurants for folks listening. And it's closed. It's just completely closed. It's a Sunday? Also, it is a Sunday. Yes, okay. I'm glad you said that. I'll also, it. Sunday. So no one is doing anything because it's the Lord's Day. But I don't, I, my, me and my paganism, I don't really make Turn down this. for the Lord, you know? That's right. That's right. So basically, we get to the town. And as soon as we get to the town, we're like, okay, we need to make a plan to get out of this town because we don't know what the hell's going on. So we uh, try to. There's one cafe with internet, and we don't have any computers, so we're trying to use this janky-ass 1989, <laughs> I don't even know what sort of laptop it was, with the jankiest internet. No offense to Montemajore, it's just, you know, you're in the hills. That's yeah. what you're going to get. I, I understand that. Um, we find out there's, like, a bus, but the bus isn't leaving for, like, four hours. And the, the thing that leaves more sooner than that is the train again, which is in, like, an hour and a half. But to get to the train, we have to walk again. Because we don't have a car. Eight kilometers what? Like four? No. Like four. It's like three and a half, four miles. Because a think. 10K is six, right? So if eight, yeah, you're looking at um, four and a half, five, probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So we decide we have to walk back to the train. So we start walking. Now, remember I said it was cloudy, right? It looked like rain. Now, here's the part where it rains. And not only does it rain, Ryan... It's downpouring. And remember when I said we had one umbrella? We only had one umbrella. And not only is it downpouring, it's also extremely windy. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, I think it was only like a couple kilometers back down or into the climb down. Uh, the umbrella gets completely torn out of our hands, whipped up into, you know, the stereotypical fucked up umbrella meme, if yeah. you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're it's in just the middle rolling. Of the storm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're in the middle of a storm. And we're drenched. We're drenched, right? This goes on maybe 10 minutes. But then, again, completely nothing. Just completely clears. Sun comes back out. This is not a lie, what I'm about to tell you. Uh Uh-oh. Sun comes out, double rainbow. I swear to God. (laughs) I swear to God. Full double rainbow, and I'm sitting there like, Double rainbow. Double rip. Absolutely. I had not seen that clip before this, by the way. So that was also interesting because I told people the story afterwards and they're like, oh, come on, you're fucking with me. I'm like, no, I actually saw a double rainbow. I didn't know they even exist. You know that poor guy died last week? The double rainbow guy? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. He was living up in the mountains by himself, apparently, but he had, I think he had like a a heart issue or something. But yeah, he died last week. I mean, literally last week. Damn. Well, this story is in honor of him then because- Tribute, double rainbow. There it is. Tribute, double rainbow. So yeah, we see the double rainbow. We finally get down to the train station, drenched again, get on the train, get back to uh, Palermo, which is the nearest, closest, closest uh, big city. And um, 
Yeah. Then we had, and then the, yeah, that was, that's what happened. And then uh, the conclusion of it actually is we went out to dinner. Each of us had an entire liter of wine. Each of us had an entire pizza to themselves and an entire second course plus dessert. That's the way to do it, man. When you've walked because 10 miles, you deserve it. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, folks, the moral of this story for those travelers out there listening to this is don't be stupid and make a plan <laughs> before you do something. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Anyways, this is my conclusion. Thank you uh, for taking the time, Mitch, for uh, sharing your heart and mind with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, stay well. Stay healthy. I will. You uh, too, buddy. You too. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Uh, I surely won't. I surely won't. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, All right everybody, thanks for listening. Hopefully I'm going to start doing this um, a little bit more frequently. And uh, who knows? Uh, sky's the limit, huh? So ah. next thing you know, um, the next uh, Ira Glass or something like that. Yeah, I would say so, man. Yeah. Uh, it's on your it's in your future it's in your future just connect with npr and you know go yeah, from there i'm on it i'm on it all right nice have a good one y'all thank you for listening bye <laughs>